We're going to stay here all night if we have to, so let's get started. It's time, America, for the number one conservative common sense podcast that's calling out all the social justice, political correctness crap, and putting it on the run. Do you think you can handle it? So hop in and buckle up and get ready to ride with two straight-shooting, tell-it-like-it-is ex-street cops. And they know how to party with few inhibitions. As they give the special interest and weak-kneed politicians a swift kick in the ass. Wow, is that legal? With some good old-fashioned common sense. Bring it on, baby. It's Cop Talk USA <laughs> with your hosts, Marillo and French. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Cop Talk USA. Yeah, our second one. We're excited. How you doing, Frenchman? You good. Okay? I'm here with my buddy Marillo. <laughs> yeah, you just got back from Vegas, didn't you there, big money? I did. Uh, kind of cleaned me out a little bit. You know, you go to Vegas, you go there... And I, I don't gamble a lot, but I go to the, for the food, the alcohol, and the view. Let's put it this way, Roger. If I had your money, I'd burn mine to stay warm. Yeah, well, I'm still trying to find mine. I don't have any <laughs> right now. It was it was quite a deal, but you know, I went out there for my uh, out there with my Cyclones. They played yeah, out there, and they did, uh, you they know, did we, well. They did out there, and we played in a, a little uh, venue called uh, the Dark Stars, what they call it, Allegiant Arena. It's only two billion dollars. Yeah, just a, just chump change, right? Oh yeah, mm-hmm. but I, it was a heck of a thing. You go in Looked there; like it's it. very modern, very uh, very well done. What a perfect town to have a sports venue. I mean, it's just it's always just good to get away. I know we'll talk to him in a little bit. Chip Beersley likes to get out and kick it over at the lake and go places. So it's always fun to get out. Oh, you get out there. And I know Chip's a he's a Vegas yeah. guy. He's yeah. in that. You know, uh, once again, I looked hard. I couldn't find any of the. You know, nobody was trying to block my way to go to the arena or, or do any of that. The the BLM people were gone. They weren't no, there. Well, I don't know where they're yeah, at. Th- those venues Antifa, are not of interest. Not I, don't, of interest. I, I just think the, the football fans, the Iowa State fans, there was, and there was probably 25,000 of them. I don't think they would have taken like Well, they're also, and I'm sure, you know, you stay up on the issues on the news. There's a, a chant across most stadiums right now, uh, be it college or elsewhere, about our Sleepy Joe president. I won't. I won't say exactly what they're <laughs> I saying. Have seen that. I have seen that. <laughs> and that is. Uh, yeah. That, that, I was waiting for that, but and I hear yeah. that was across the nation. Yeah, quite, quite heavily. Yeah, the, the the tides are shifting. But anyway, you know, I was out there and uh, uh, had a great time, and uh, we went to a, a function there uh, right before the game. They had it over at, at the Luxor. And that's next to Mandalay Bay. And then as I was in, as I was in there, uh, it was an outdoor party. You know, I, I looked up and I looked over at that Mandalay Bay and that 32nd floor. Four years ago, I was out there when mm-hmm. they uh, had that tragedy, that shooting. Yeah, Largest mass shooting in the uh, U.S. 411 people killed 60 and injured 867. A bunch of people. And uh, that floor, I remember that glass being all knocked out and those shades, the the drapes blowing out, yep. and uh, it was a real tragedy. But you know, I was in the Mandalay Bay when it happened. I remember as a as a citizen, those uh, officers from uh, Las Vegas Metro coming in there. You know, all they knew there was a shooting, and that guy was up there, and he was taking aim at them, and he was obviously shooting everybody. And he came there. He didn't come there to just to shoot somebody. He came there to go to war. Oh yeah, he yeah, had he, was he had for guns. And, yeah, I remember and, that. Uh, those officers, I remember their face. Uh, you know they were, they were uh, concerned, scared, but they did their job, and they went they went right up to that deal. And he he killed himself, but he had cameras sitting outside the room, 
And talk about valor and bravery. Every well, one of those guys was brave and... Uh, police officers and firefighters, they run towards the danger. They don't run away from it, thank God, because that's why you dial 911. And what, what you know, and I think about that daily, you know, you, until you experience, you know, you're counting your life on somebody. You know, we were in that theater and they had about four of those uh, deputies in there, officers. That was the only thing between us and that shooter if he decided to come down. So we were counting on that. And until you do that, and what really makes me sick is two years later, BLM comes in there and has a riot and, and causes stuff, and they ambush one of these officers and shoot him in the head. And this this person, I'm just holding back my contempt for him, was across the street. These officers showed up to deal with him, and he shot this guy from across the street, hit this young officer who's 27 years old, paralyzed him. He's on a ventilator now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, these people... What are they thinking? I mean, my God. Well, they're hiding. They're hiding undercover too of a very hostile faction of society right now that's still, unfortunately, cooking, and that is the radical left progressives in this country. They don't like cops, and they're the ones that have moved a lot of politicians to become radical leftists. They're the ones that are moving the defund police. That kind of blew up in their faces. You know, like up here in Minneapolis, St. Paul. Now they, they need cops. They never yeah, should have got rid yeah. of them. Uh, they're not defunding them now. They're trying to refund them. Only trouble is that the environment hasn't really changed much. Cops are still spooked. They're afraid to do their jobs. They don't want to get indicted. They don't want to be charged. They don't want to have the scrutiny from a, a the mainstream. The mainstream media in, in this country today sucks. It's bad. Well, you know, the thing is that I'd look back on that situation is, that no matter who it is, when your life's in danger, you don't you need the police, and that's that's proved time and time again. These guys protest, but the minute something bad happens, they're they're on the phone. They want the police there to protect them. I think there've been instances they want protection when they're protesting against the police. They want the police there to protect them. Well, the, the, you know, and the firefighters, uh, uh, the first responders, uh, the people in the ERs, uh, anybody who goes to a tragedy, troopers, sheriffs. I mean. Everybody, yeah. they're responding, yeah. and that's what you want to have happen. And, and they do a, a one hell of a good job. Right now, it's a pretty thankless profession. Yeah, I, I mean, I was talking to a sergeant out there on the department uh, in, in Vegas, and I said, how are they doing, and how's he doing? And, and uh, you know, they're just, I just I got a ton of respect for those guys. Yeah. I mean, be, from a personal standpoint. It's not, it's not a good time in America to be a police officer. They're, they're just, they're targets, and, yeah. and they know it, and they don't like it. So anyway, uh, we've got we've had a lot of things going on since our last broadcast. We've got a lot of people who have contacted us. We've got emails, we've got a couple phone calls. Everybody knows you can log on to a Cop Talk USA. Go to our website and click on the button. It's free to listen to. Yep. You can email us there directly. Uh, you can mail us. Like I said last time, I take the cash. Dave takes the letter bombs and the threats. Yeah, uh, that's the, how we the do white that. Powder, yeah, he, you know and. Uh, we, we do that. Um, but uh, I know we've got some great emails. I, I think you pulled out a couple of them. Or few, yeah. Uh, Sherry Thomas says, give him hell, guys. Flipping through a few. Patty uh, McKibben, uh, one of my classmates. I love the first show. Best wishes for many, many more. She loves law enforcement. Uh, she likes hearing yeah, the war yeah. stories. She She's a great person. Person. great person. Let's see. Who else here sent us something here? Uh, Rain Soffit. Cool show. You guys watch the TV show Cops. Yes, we do, and we've also had our own officers from the Des Moines Police Department being cops. So yes, yeah, they've done it. They've done a couple series here, haven't they? Some yeah, shows? Rod Marquis says good luck, men. His dad is a former Des Moines Police Sergeant. 
uh, Ralph Marquis, Ken Murphy. Just got a chance to listen to the first podcast and like what I heard. Right on point. Good forward. Ken Murphy's a retired Des Moines police officer. Uh, Bob Johnson looks like two escaped criminals from the Poke. <laughs> now, talk, now, that's somebody we personally we know. Him. We know all about yeah, Bob. Yeah, okay, Bob. So thanks sometime a lot, we'll Bob. do a special segment on on Bob. Yeah, uh, Bob, Bob was a religious listener. Of speaking on of, speaking of that, Bob, our sound guy, we had a number of people listen to the podcast. Did you say about 300, I think, close to that, uh, picked us up? So, and yeah. uh, in the podcast world, I think that's pretty good. I yeah, think. we're we're just starting out here, so this is going to get progressively better. We're learning from our mistakes, so just kind of hang with us. We're well, gonna... it's certainly uh, Bob. Didn't we get we got a phone call? Somebody called. I think we recorded that. You pulled that off. This is a a phone call that somebody called in. Let's let's listen to that. Hi, Dave. Big fan of the show. Just want to say that. Uh... I heard the episode. It sounds really good. You sound so brave. Starting up at Dave Marillo Fan Club, and I was wondering if I could get your picture for, um, personal reasons. Also, if you're interested, why don't we go out sometime? You can tell me more stories, and I can, uh, enjoy the show. Alrighty. Well, that's that's yeah, one heck, Dave. That's, that's, I, I that's one heck of a fan yeah, fan that called yeah, in. And, uh, yeah. Okay. I, uh, all, right, all right, buddy. You know what? Go <laughs> I, ahead. Take. I, a I sh- mean, I, hey, do I, what you think you need Bob, to do, Bob. That's buddy. a great job, Bob. Yeah, that's a great job. Yeah. On that. Okay. And, right. Anyway, so we have a little fun with Dave. Obviously, <laughs> have some fun. And yeah, so nice uh, let's talk a little bit about social media. We've hired uh, Ashley, our new social media person. Correct. She's going to be helping us do it. And you'll hear more in weeks to come about Facebook and uh, YouTube and all those other things. And we'll be getting you more information on that. And we'll go from there. Yep. And now it's time for Ass Hats of the Week. It's time. Yes, it's true. This man has no dick. He's a real asshole. Well, we're into that segment again. <laughs> Here we go. Wow. Why don't you go first, and then yeah, I'll go. Yeah, okay. I'll go first. Okay. I wa- I'm a news hound. I watch a lot of TV and listen to a lot of radio, and, and I'm a political junkie, if you will. Here's the guy that I think just needs to go away. He's my ass hat of the week. That's this chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, Mark Milley. Everybody know who he oh, is? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he, he's overstepped his authority by engaging in a pattern of behavior that tried to undermine Trump, you know, and he did it numerous times. Where there's smoke, there's fire. Right. This joker right. has forgotten what his position is in the military, and that is to be a soldier and to command the armed forces. It's not to get into the political arena. It's not to choose sides. It's not to be one of these anti-Trumpers. So he's lost all credibility. And so in that capacity, he needs to go away. He needs to resign. Well, the problem is, is you've got a guy like that. When the military starts running their own program, that's a problem. Well, Because that can go both ways. And all, all of this Trump's mental stability BS is coming from partisan Democrats. Yeah, they don't like Trump. They haven't liked Trump since the day he came down the elevator and especially on the night he won election. I mean, well, him and Plo- yeah, Pelosi. Remember, remember all them butt-ugly chicks and the cat-eye glasses and their stocking oh, caps yeah, screaming yeah. and falling on their knees, and the world was coming to an end. You know what? I could sure use a mean tweet and a $1.97 gallon of gas. Right, right. right. I'll take the mean tweet. Yeah, so I, go ahead. Talk it, mean. Talk it, mean, Donald. I, I think that you know we need to get back to a little calmer days. 
You know, there there's some blue dog Democrats out there. Yeah, the, they have the Joe Mansions. They need to take control of their party. Their their party's been pirated, just right. like we talked on the first episode. You know, as a Hispanic, I don't need no left wing bleeding heart white liberal protecting my brown ass. I don't like it. It's pandering. Keep that to yourself. Well, exactly. The the thing that concerns me, and we talked about it, is this military. That when they go out and start running their own program, that can go both ways. That can, next thing you know, you know, you look uh, back in the days of Kennedy. Can you imagine how bad those guys wanted to go to war? And they just said, well, we're just going to go to war and, and bypass the commander-in-chief. You can't do that. Well, you saw politics in action on the pullout in Afghanistan a couple of weeks ago. What a cluster. That's yeah. Sleepy Joe. I mean, well, he doesn't know what he's doing. And, and, and he thinks that guy, he, he didn't have a problem And his with buddies, uh, Millie, uh, Millie, whatever, Marky, yeah. Mark, Marky Mill, Mark. Yeah. <laughs> Well, he's not gonna he's not gonna have a problem with him until he does have a problem with him. And yeah, be a problem. Well, I kind of am reversing roles a little bit here. Last week, you know, my ass hat of the week was uh, Beetlejuice over there in Chicago. The <laughs> yeah, mayor, Mayor Beetlejuice, yeah. Mayor Beetlejuice, I call her Lori Light. But Lori did it, but yeah. you know, she kind of turned the page a little bit this week. I like to think she took our advice. They announced. The city of Chicago would be going after the money of the gangs. They were going to sue them. They're going to go check their financials, and they're going to start. And I think we said that. It's called accountability. I mean, you can go after the other things like cell phones. You can do this. But you go after these gangs' money. You go after the BLM money. I mean, that's what they that's what they put Al Capone in prison where it wasn't because he murdered people; it was because he didn't pay taxes. Yeah, they so, so they, you, they've needed to do that. They, they need to do that in a lot of capacities. Follow the money trail because our our system of politics is so corrupt right now; it's unbelievable. Well, certainly because that instance that we uh, did in that I was just talking about in Las Vegas, that officer got killed. There's millions of dollars. They're, they're having to fundraise. Why are they having to fundraise? Why aren't they suing BLM to pay for? Because they hosted that party. If you have a party at your house and you get a bad actor that comes and causes problems, you're still responsible. You can't go. Well, I had a protest and things went bad, so I'm not responsible. No, you are responsible. So if they burn buildings, if they in, if they injure people, go after the money. And BLM has all kinds of money. And that's well, what I think a lot of money from activist groups has already been spent. You know, it's it's money under the bridge. It's gone. So there's not a whole lot of assets there. Oh, exactly. So you know, another thing that uh, they did, I guess, and, and, which is a positive thing, is in Chicago they gave the cops a twenty percent raise. Yeah, I mean, I, it's about time because that city's been so anti-cop, and they still. And I'm not letting her totally off the hook. She's the she's the mastermind who came up with. Before you chase somebody, you have to call in and get approval for it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, how stupid is that? Well, she is stupid, and, pe- and but she's she's allowed to act like this, and that's another piece of the of the problem in politics today is people listen to this horse manure that comes out of these politicians' mouth, and they know it's not right. They know it's not correct, but they let them get away with it. It's, well, it drives you nuts. And like, like I said, we're and our audience has to know we will condone you, but if you do something right, we'll, we'll, we'll reward yeah. you. You know, yeah. I, I'm about an end, an end game here. Uh, do the right thing. You know, if you're in government, manage it. Make the right decisions. Support the right people. Don't support the people, the 1% out there who's throwing a shit tantrum, pardon my language, on the street. You support the majority of your people. Well, a little, you little, you know, little Chucky Schumer. You familiar yeah. with him? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the Chuckster, he just got one broke off in his fanny this week. He lost a piece of his $3.7 million tri- or trillion dollar 
uh, stimulus bill, he tried to put amnesty in that for all of the illegals that have been coming across the, the border. Isn't that a dandy deal? Yeah, he's he's a piece of work. So the, well, qu- the question is, how, hey, Chuck, how many illegals you got living with you and your wife? Well, here's and, and here's the deal. You know, I, I'm not anti-illegal, okay? Well, I guess I am. If you're, There's a legal way to come to this country. But, but Joe, if you're going to bust them in here, if you're going to bust them in, let them come in the country— all right, let's take some of your advice. Why don't you go vaccinate them? You're all about vaccinations, but you're not requiring anybody to come into the country illegally to be vaccinated, but you're going to turn that on everybody. And and I'm a vaccinated guy. I believe in getting the vaccination, but I don't believe in being forced to do it. Yeah. So if you're going to force people, let's start with all the illegal people coming in the door. I just yeah. had to get that yeah. in. No, nope, I agree. So, I so agree. anyway, you know, now on this show, what our people are going to learn is that we get guests from time to time, and certainly we, we got do. a guy. We got a guy in here today with us, and he's no asshat. He's a friend of mine. And he's a friend of yours. Great guy. And he goes by the name of Chip Beardsley. I don't know if he got any aliases, Chip or not, but <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's a prodigy of Jack Beardsley, a captain. Oh yeah, let me tell you a little bit tell, about, tell Jack's, about Jack. Jack Senior. Tell, tell Jack, Jack Senior was a captain with the Des Moines Police Department, and he hired me uh, to be a member of the forty third recruit class. And I could sit here for hours and not even scratch the surface of how much I admire, respect, and love that man. And uh, he passed away a few years ago. But his son, Chip, is a member of the Des Moines Police Department. Just great people. Who d- Chip does a great job for the police department coordinating special events out of the traffic well, unit. My, my experience with Jack, I remember I was in trouble. I don't remember what he did. I was always yeah, in trouble. Imagine that, right? Uh, yeah, that was a shocker. He was taking me in to see uh, Assistant Chief Teal. All I remember is he told her, he turned around and looked at me and says, hang on to your ass. Yeah. And, we went in, and they <laughs> treated me, man. treated me very, Jack, Jack was such a good guy. I, I was a cadet at the time and, uh, I got so much respect for him, but I respect his son and uh, welcome. Chip, glad welcome, to hear Chip. Yeah, welcome. welcome. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Oh, my word. Now we know you do a lot. You do the traffic downtown and you're, you're, you're rolling that, but you do some off duty work. Yeah. Tell us about that. So, uh, for the last, I guess, 30 years, Vets Auditorium, and then uh, uh, since uh, Wells Fargo opened up in 2005, I've managed or scheduled all the events uh, on the arena side yeah. and at uh, Hy-Vee Hall, too. I mean, that's that's hockey, that's arena football, that's concerts. Sure. I mean, you've had the – I know you've met all those people, obviously. Uh, you've met some some real stars down there, haven't you? Sure. I mean, like, name a few of them for our far folks. You know, when I first opened up in 2005, we got a chance. Paul McCartney came in was the second show and we had a chance to uh, kind of a last minute deal and said, Hey, you wanted an escort from the Des Moines airport. He's flying into signature. Right. And so there was uh, two Des Moines cops and captain Craig Zubrod and myself, two Polk County uh, deputies. And we met him out there and, and, you know, just doing our job. And they wanted an escort down there sponsored by Lexus at the time. And they had a, a crew of about eight SUVs and pulled them into the uh, right. sound check at uh, Wells Fargo arena. So like, you do that, and then uh, politicians come to town. Are you? Do you help coordinate the traffic for the politicians and sure. presidents and whatever? Anything the uh, Secret Service needs, uh, we, we follow their lead. And so back in the day from Mitt Romney to Trump and uh, Hillary and Bill and, you met, yeah, and Joe I, Biden. I see pictures every now and then. I'm Facebook friends with you. I sure. see pictures of you with these with these folks, these politicians. And, uh, you know, they're all a little different, I'm sure. And, and uh, But uh, the, the concerts, I mean— you see some great shows. Of course, you you attend some too. I I remember a Kenny Chesney uh, show that I was at that you didn't work, you attended. 
You and I had a party in the parking lot there. We, we had a we had we tipped a couple. <laughs> we sure did. You had the, what was that? A, a, a I think it was a cyclone wig or something. It was yeah, it was quite fun. It was good. But, but uh, no, and you know your dad was great to me. He always treated me with respect. You're down there, so you your days working days working days downtown right now. The uh, Unless downtown snow. I think I saw you one night down there. And they were moving snow. Sure. Yeah, and stuff like that. So the, is it, are the concerts picking up downtown? They're trying to. They're, uh, you know, the mass policies, they're back and forth at the arenas. So it's uh, last Friday, they had Michael Buble for about 8,000 people. I think they had some no-shows because of the uh, the COVID testing and the mask. Yeah. Because I think you got to be, you sure. have to be, you have to be tested or show up. Yeah. Screen. Every, I think it's up to the entertainer right now. So right. there's some policies in place at the arena. Also, um, each uh, entertainer has their own policy too. Will they ever hire you outside of the arena, personal bodyguard, hotel security, anything like that? Are they? I don't also? think. So. I don't think. I mean, currently, right now. Yeah. Have they ever hired you? Have any of the entertainers said we want an off-duty officer no. or hotel or escort? No. Usually, uh, it does happen if they're staying overnight. Last uh, in 2019 in October, Kiss was in town, and right. it was a last-minute deal. And putting. Uh, Paul Stanley and Gene Simmons came on. They said they wanted to escort down to the uh, Savory Hotel. So I, I took, uh, you know, it was just out of, the, out of the blue. And all of a sudden, Paul Stanley comes out. He met with 30 people outside of the, uh, on 2nd Street, on 2nd Avenue there, and took him down. Great people. And then Gene Simmons came out and, and talking about a, a person who loves cops. He was... Uh, he, yeah, he's a, yeah. And, he, and he doesn't need much protection. He's into the karate and judo and all oh, that stuff. A big guy too. Yeah, he's a great, great man. Is it? Is that? Is that your favorite artist you've ever met? Or is there one guy that sticks out in your mind that you say? Well, I was in the Kiss Army when I was a kid, so, oh, that, you, so know, that's a kiss again, you know, to see Kiss again, you know, that was like back in you know the early seventies when yeah, Kiss came out. Can I have a badge? The yeah. Kiss badge on your uniform. <laughs> yeah, but Garth, you know, Garth Brooks was in town. Uh, was about five years ago, and he did five shows there. Right, it was two shows, one show, then two shows, and and what a genuine guy he was. He was yeah. just uh, we uh, Sheriff Schneider, Kevin Schneider, and myself took him to the airport the last right. show, and we sat and talked for fifteen twenty minutes, and just a genuine down to earth guy. You know, Chip, uh, Roger, and I both went to Valley, and uh, you know we're talking about you know these type of events. Roger spearheaded and was in charge of the Tiny Tim Club. At Valley High School. Yes, he, he, I was, Dave. Did. Yes, yeah. yeah. Did he play the viola or the violin? Oh, or the violin, yeah. Play, they play with everything. All right, yeah. Dave. All right, all right. Do we have any more calls for Dave? Yeah. <laughs> well, I, you know, the there's so many entertainers, and, and it seems like most of them today, I, I would say all of them that I know of are pro-police. They really are. They seem to be. I think most are, you know, maybe some might dabble in some illegal activity still, but most of that want a little escort or one little activity or, or security outside of the, uh, of the show, they will, uh, they'll reach out to you. I think, uh, Michael Bublé was last Friday and, and there's a right. lot of them are. So, well, I mean, they, their politics may change. I remember like the Dixie chicks, you know, they were anti-Bush and, and all that. But when it comes to law enforcement, I think they respect them. They respect the security because, you know, they, they do that. You know, Roger, uh, one thing that, uh, a lot of people might not know presidents they don't travel without the cooperation assistance of police officers if you've driven around town here when there's a, a president or a vice president or any kind of big dignitary federal federally speaking they stop traffic they cone things off they guard intersections they have a they're with the motorcade they get right up next to the president and the vice president and they don't mix partisan politics and their job is to make sure that 
any president who visits any city gets in and out safely. Well, nobody, I, nobody wants a black eye like happened in Dallas. I remember, you know, uh, Assistant Chief Tom Teal. He was known. They had a ton of respect for him. I remember when the, this is way back when the Pope came to town, and he he did, drew up the operational plans, called it Operation Popa Dot or something like yeah, that. Yeah, he he's, he wrote the book on that. You, hey, Chip, do you remember? Speaking of people who don't like the cops, we were down at the convention center one time. I, maybe you were down there when Tipper Gore and uh, his wife asked Secret Service to have all the police officers check their weapons. Do you remember that? I don't recall that. Chief Teal gets on the radio. And first of all, he says, what? What? what I know the they, answer, though. What, what do they want? <laughs> the chief, they want us to put our weapons away because they're anti-gun. Yeah, we'll, we'll put them away, all right. Teal to Des Moines PD. We're done. Head for your patrol cars. 1042. Secret Service panicked. Like, what? Where are you going? You can't leave us here. Well, they didn't like guns. And then they later came up and said, we're sorry we said that. Well, there's been other stories. Not I remember at uh, Broadlands Hospital one time, they had uh, a problem in one of those units. And they, you officers can't go in with the guns. And I said, well, then you better call the fire department because we're not going in. We don't, we don't check our guns. And, no, we don't, we don't and, check our guns. I mean, people anything. don't understand. I mean, sometimes these politicians and, and whoever, uh, they don't understand that. They don't no, get they, that. No, I remember here, it was 20-some years ago, Myself and Kelly Willis, we were all-day bodyguards for Kurt Warner after he won the first Super Bowl. We were with him and his wife, Brenda, and the kids all day long. So we do security for, you know, celebrities upon occasion. Well, next week, Kelly's coming on here. and We're going to hear, you know who he's big buddies with, Ted Nugent, and uh, who's the guy from America's Most Wanted. So we're oh, going yeah. to hear yeah. some of his stories. Plus, I think he's going to share some personal stories uh, about Dave. Yeah, well, you know, he better not get too froggy because i got a bunch about him, too. Yeah, go ahead, Willis. <laughs> yeah, we get, we get him right now. Yeah. But, but one of the things I want to do is I want to go to that special segment, but because you and Chip have worked together, I'd like you guys to discuss a couple of your trips and we're going to have it in our emergency segment. We do this every week where we, we talk about a serious, uh, you know, a call or something that shook you to the bone that you remember as an officer that people maybe haven't heard this, you know. This is, and it's from your eyes and your view. Yeah. Uh, Bob, you want to lead us into that segment? Real emergency trips told by the officers who took them. Well, and and like I said, Dave, what I want to you guys have worked together. Yeah, well, uh, maybe you guys share just open freely probably, about that. Probably the the most heinous that Chip and I went to in joint fashion was the Drake Diner homicides here in Des Moines back in '93, I believe. Chip, 1993, 1993, 91 to '93. Yeah, I think yeah. it was '93. And uh, before we went on air, Chip was talking about where he was. You when that call came out, you were where? I was at 13th and 4th uh, yeah. talking to another cop. It was a slow Sunday night after yep. Thanksgiving. Yeah. Big uh, big snowflakes coming down. Yeah. Was, the streets were calm. Yeah. I was at 28th and Ingersoll. The first uh, Sunday after Thanksgiving. Exactly. I was at 28th and Ingersoll taking a domestic abuse report up in some apartment. And when that that call came out, that Fred, Le- Fred Levere was a dispatcher. Exactly. How, did, how did the call come out? Was the it shot fired? The alert tone. The alert tone and nothing else. It's just alert tone for a, a long five seconds. And Fred Lavere was on. He was a great dispatcher. Great he dispatcher. still is a great man. Yeah. And uh, all of a sudden, it was like uh, numerous calls to the Drake Diner on shots shooting. Fired. Shots, shots fired. fired. Yeah. And so everybody just respond. I'm I'm 
this would be one night that I didn't load my shotgun when I left the police garage, you know. Right. And so I'm driving northbound on 28th Street from Ingersoll, and I look down at my speedo, and I've, I've got to be doing 80, 90 miles an hour, and I'm loading my shotgun while I'm steering with my knee. Dangerous as hell. But I got the shotgun loaded. We get there, and then Chip, take it from there. What what you what'd you do? No, you walk in, and, you know, the uh, the restaurant there seemed like it was almost empty because at the time we didn't know that folks were underneath the table. Yeah. And so we walked. You didn't know if the shooter was still there. Sure, we did not. We yeah. we came in and we you know we saw the. We won't get into the details there, but the uh, two victims were behind the uh, register, and one was another. Yeah, another twenty foot away from. from did you them. clear the building, or did they just well, tell you he was gone all the way? All of a sudden, when well, I think when the customers heard our radio, our radio traffic, then they started coming from underneath the table. They started coming out, well, and they were, uh, his, so, they were hysterical. I mean, rightfully so. This ass came in and in cold blood shot and killed two beautiful young human beings for no uh, reason yeah. no reason any yeah. interaction with them did he interact with them at all say anything to him or just no he just no. pulled out a 44 auto mag and shot him 45 grizzly i think grizzly auto. was it for good yeah. and to rob to get money take money yeah. He, yeah he didn't get much but then he fled southbound and that that whole night i still think about it i'm sure chip does too uh, if we could have gotten there sooner yeah if we could have got there quicker. Caught him coming out the door. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, you weren't too far behind. No, we weren't. How long did it take to catch him? Uh, it took a couple couple month? days, maybe. I think it was a month or two. Build was, the it, case. was it, was yeah. it pretty, did, was he identi- did somebody identify him? Or, uh, it ended up being, uh, not to get into the details, but I think it ended up being a, somebody indicated that he had the gun at a party and then fired the gun through a floor. And yeah. they ended up matching Something that. Stupid. They know, matched that shell casing to uh, to him. To him, and things started rolling. Then. Well, I think back, he, he's obviously in prison now. Yeah, or is he, 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 he tried he getting out. Remember here a while back. Well, because uh, they could not uh, convict a person under seventeen, under eighteen, for life in prison. And he was, and he was seventeen. Seventeen. Yeah, I mean, but I'll tell you his name. It's public. Jojo White is his yeah. name. Yeah. Well, horrible night and. For me, I mean, like Chip just said, I'm not going to go into the graphicness of the crime scene, but for me, that, then when those kids' parents showed up and we were at the front door and crowd control, my heart just broke because I'd already seen something horrible. I mean, I'd been a cop for quite a while by then, so had Chip, but to see that and then know them parents were going to come up there and, and receive horrible news, it was just... Had a big lump in my throat. Well, anytime somebody loses a loved one, oh, um, that's terrible. And if and if they're working there, they're coming up. You know, it, it, thank God today they get texts. Somebody will text them that stuff, and it's just terrible. yeah. This this was. In fact, I found Chip. I found a picture of myself, and I think you're in the background on the KCCI's archives. We're standing in front of the of the diner, and uh, they're leading one of the moms away. You know, she's heartbroken. And I think Doctor Wooters was probably there and short sure. of her. And, yeah, yeah, it was. Well, it, was uh, a, it was just a senseless, senseless kind of crime. It was terrible. It was probably it was one of the worst things I've ever seen in in my thirty four and a half year career as a police well, officer. Well, now I'm going to change it a little bit. All right. I'm going to change it up. Okay. Tell me the funniest 
call you've ever read. You got to think that you know it's like a game show. Okay. <laughs> tell <laughs> tell me the funniest. Let's let's Chip, lighten it up. Chip, tell me got, one you, of the funniest, the, one? most entertaining things that ever happened. Uh, and now that might be with Dave. It might not be with Dave. But <laughs> <laughs> it could be a solo. <laughs> <laughs> Is there anything that you just made you laugh that that was so silly? Whether it was a I, uh, I can tell you one that back. Dave's good at that, but I, it kind of caught me off guard there, so yeah, it might I, take me a minute. I can here. tell you one that involves you, Roger. Oh, here we go. Chip, here. you'll get a kick out of this. Roger's a rookie. There's an old Chevy Suburban parked in the south oh, of the downtown really? area. Yeah, he did this. Uh-huh. And get, you can't make this up. There's no hood, no doors, no wheels or tires. Two stew bums are in the front seat, passed out drunk. I put my yeah. red lights on and my takedowns and He's I get out. Mr. I'm doing Funny. a traffic stop. Okay. So Roger gets out, Mr. Rookie. And as I go up to the driver's side of this suburban that hasn't moved in years, I, I, you know, rustle the guy behind the wheel out. And it was remember Willie and somebody else. It was those two characters up your pals. Yeah. And I said, Hey, I said, can I see, can I see your license registration? Yeah. Get out of here. Clip. Leave me alone. Damn it. Get out of here. Well, French thinks the guy's giving me a bunch of grief. So he walks over to the driver's side with me. And Roger's got his I hat on. I got my on, hat on. Hat on. And, and he, Mr. Tough uniform. Guy, you know, he says, hey, apparently you have didn't you didn't hear this senior officer correctly. He's asking for your driver's license. And you're, all of a sudden you hear a. And a pigeon shit on his head came down on my all on my belt. Oh, it's down my shirt. Green fluorescent and, pigeon and I, shit. And, I, and I'm, now I'm upset with Marilyn. Like, all right, I'm going back to the car, Jack. He went home. And I go back to the car. And the stew bums are laughing their asses off. They're like, oh, ah. yeah. That's that, that was Marillo. That's senior police officer Dave Marillo at his finest. Oh, he's shit all well, over. I got. I got to tell you when I got. I remember we were working a two man car, and I don't think it was with you or somebody else, but we got sent up to the Drake Diner. And this is this is after ten. They're working on first watch. The car up there had arrested a couple uh, sorority girls. And of course, you know they're money. They're they're out of Chicago, and they're going to tell us everything. And they they think it's a big joke and being all funny. We got them in the car, and they're being smart ass, kind of talking down to uh-huh. us. Well, on our way, we hear a block car call, and they've arrested a prostitute up there. So we said, you know, we had two women were going going to jail. So I said, we'll take we can pick her up too. So we swang up there and picked her up. And this has to be, I forget her name, Trixie or whatever she had. She knew all the cops by name. Uh-huh. She'd gone to jail 10 million times. So we put her back with the story girls. Well, now the story girls, it's not quite so funny. They're looking at them. And then we say, well, Trixie, you know, these girls are telling us this. And she got on them. And she's going, I'll straighten you out and I'll do this. And by the time we got to jail, those girls were scared. These college girls. Oh, Trixie, she's going, she, I'll take care of them for you. And I got, yeah, that's right. That's exactly right. We're going to tell them. A little dose of reality yeah, there. Yeah, oh, yeah. Reality hit now all of a sudden they're going to jail and Trixie's going to be with them in, in the cell. And, uh, you know, I don't know how that all worked out. But well, sure. Since it's uh, ho- almost Halloween years ago, I'd been on maybe a couple, three years. I got sent to Woodland Cemetery to guard a grave robbing scene. They had broken into a mausoleums there and did grave robbing. Pretty macabre thing. Yeah. any rate, it's windy. It's fall out. And I'm sitting there in my patrol car and I get out and go in the mausoleum there and they the body's on its back. It's a lady from the 20s or 30s. And she had on one of them hats like they wear at racetracks. The wind caught that hat and turned her head sideways. <laughs> my ass went flying out of there. Oh, my God. <laughs> I was sitting in that car and locked the door until I didn't got there. I wasn't getting out no more. No, I know Chip Beardsley's got a story. Oh, no. I can't think of him right now. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Somebody knows someone's got he's Or he's still on, so he can't. 
discuss yeah. he's, that. He's still, he's still officially with the police department. Some of my most memorable uh, reminiscing about Chip Beardsley was when other officers way crazier than any of us, like Larry Irig or Bernardi would say Ooh, yeah. stupid things. And Chip, Chip just, uh, we all cracked great up. Great folks. Chip, it, he's got a great sense of humor. The man loves to laugh. And listening to those officers cut up in the hallway, Chip just cracked me up. Well, you know, I always say, and we talk about this, you know, this is a profession that, you know, you're not going to work with somebody. You're going to be close and close. And that guy's, you know, his life's going to be in your hands sometimes. So you kind of do things and, and like that. But I'm going to give you an opportunity to give your, your boss a shout out. How, what do you what do you think about Dana? Oh, Chief uh, Winger. Uh, and I don't need promoted. So no, no, uh, I, no I, want to, yeah, I don't I want promoted. You, I, I know you yeah. do the straight yeah. game. I mean, he's a friend of mine. Yeah, but, but I, tell me from an officer line officer. No, I think he's open door policy. Just uh, come in and he's just a, a cordial, uh, nice uh, man. Just a lot of respect for him. I think the whole department does. Even the union side and the management management side, they might have a little disagreement once in a while, but. Well, that's uh, going to happen. That's going to happen. That's going to happen. And then, but it seems like ever since his tenure, it's always worked its way out. He's a, he's a great leader, but he's one of those guys that if you if you got it coming to you, if you need a, a day off suspension or if you need yeah. to be fired, he's 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 a he's, straight shooter. He's going to he's going to fire the, you. So my only my only really complaint with him, uh, and it's a fairly serious one, is that he's a Hawkeye fan. You know, I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, I I I think I got to give him some. You know, I, that questions that goes to decision making but i guess i'll have to overlook it but no Dana, he's, Dana he's, he's good me. people dana worked for me in the jail when he was a rookie officer he got bumped up to the night jailer position a lot of people don't know this look it up on social media they always said in the academy he reminded them of the old actor dobie gillis oh you ever see that chip look look, look up dobie gillis and that came right from uh you know, and I don't think that's a slam. It's just—it's not a slam. Adobe Gillis was a was a good looking kid, but the resemblance between Dane and him is, is well. I I just can't say enough about him and his wife. You know, Tammy's great, great people, fun to go out with, and he's uh, had his challenges. I mean, if you look back at, uh, I mean, Dave and yourself, you, Roger. <laughs> we yeah, I mean, I mean, if you look at um, the, you know, the back to the Nichols and McCarthy's and. Uh, Bradshaw and and uh, Harvey right. in the five years that Chief Winkert has uh, or six years that he's been there now, you know, with the uh, the two officers on I eighty being killed and right. and the was- two officers, uh, the Urban Hill Des Moines officer and Sergeant Bimenio and and just the the things, the protest and everything else that's been going on handed to him. I think uh, he's uh, in probably lawsuits and everything else going on right now. He, he's There's, lost more officers than any, any chief than I yeah. can remember. I mean, and what, his, four? His, four? Le- his leadership during those officers' loss of life was was nothing short of fantastic. It was professional. It was compassionate. I thought he was going to you know, lose it, it numerous it, it, times. It's, yeah, stage. it's personal. It's, per- those, it's very personal. Those, it's personal to all of us. Yeah. Well, those are people we go to work. And, and, like and folks don't know that his favorite time probably is to go down to a senior citizen center Right. And talk to those folks uh-huh. on a on a lunch hour, and right. that's where you know he's out of the out of the limelight, and he's just one of those guys that he does so much more for the department for the city that. Uh, well, I, I and again, I don't want to promote it. I think I think he does such a good. <laughs> I think he sets a good example for a lot of other chiefs out there. Yeah, and uh, you see that uh, one of his proteges, uh, Scott, uh, is it Chris Scott? Chris Scott from West Des Moines. Yeah, he's got hired over there, and he he came from Dana's. Uh, sure. Tenure over there, and uh, now going the other way, 
how bad has this BLM, this anti-police rhetoric affected the department, do you think? The officers' attitudes and well, I think Dave, uh, you know, I won't get in, since I'm, I'm still current, you right. know, I won't get into too much of that, but I think Dave hit on that too. The, the morale is probably down. Being an aggressive uh, uh, cop maybe might be a little bit, uh, a little softer right now. Yeah, yeah. And they're, they're watching. Um, they're a little scared. Well, folks are being indicted, you know, Minneapolis across the nation, and and uh, for and, and some are wrong. We make mistakes, right? And uh, but right. it's uh, people they see what's going on, and they're they're taking they're more cautious now. Well, our, yeah, uh, our, and being a cautious approach sometimes is, is a little difficult. What you have to do, and we talk about this: the city councils, your politicians, uh, you know, the chiefs right in your corner. They need to support him. They need to support this department. The citizens of of our great city and our state. And this country needs to support law enforcement. And, and you know what? 99% of them do. It's that small percentage of loud, oh, yeah. throwing a tantrum group. Yeah, we spend 11 nights at the state fair, 11 days and nights, you know, uh, and uh, crossing East 30th and Grand. There couldn't be more support uh, leaving and coming and going from that state fair for people on foot that, you know, handing you cookies or food and, yeah. and just hiding, yeah. you know, just anything that you wanted. So there was never an issue out there, but those, that silent majority is out there. And, uh, and I think we know that, but it's just, well, you know, one of our, one of our things with our program is we're, you know, we kid around and we do it, but our goal here is to support law enforcement. And I think Dave would tell you that he's told you support law enforcement, call out these politicians that don't and do our part. I mean, as, as ex police officers, but as citizens and taxpayers. If I could give the police unions and associations one piece of advice across the country, your silence has been deafening while you've been attacked. Stop that. You need to let the citizenry know what's going on because they love hearing from their blue suits, their troopers. Quit letting these progressives and radical leftists steal your time to tell it like it is and get the actual factual word out. Oh, hey, hey, I couldn't be said. I couldn't say that any better, Dave. That's exactly yeah. that's exactly right. And, and you know, like you said, we talk about the blue dog Democrats not saying anything. They're letting the AOCs. Step up, okay, because majority of the people, 99% of them in this country support law enforcement. Yep. So you better get with it because well, there's a change coming. Yep. And, the, and these woke politicians that come up with these goofy ideas, they're going to be gone. It's going to happen. But like the terminology, birthing person. I don't even know what that is. That, that's, they don't want to is that say, something to do with going to the bathroom or what? I don't child, know. <laughs> childbirth. That, that's too uh, uh, sexist for these woke goofballs. I don't now know. you're yeah. a birthing person. I'm a birthing person. Well, yeah. I mean, again, the crazy, that's the craziness not, out the world's there. world's gone nuts. We need to get back what? on the middle of the road. Well, I'm going to I'm going to tell you what, Chip. I appreciate you coming out today. I mean, this, uh, it's always nice to talk to you sure. and find out. And I appreciate this perspective on the department sure. and the stories. Uh, I'm, and I guess Dave appreciates you not telling those true story about Dave Morello. Not, hey, letting, I, not letting that secret out. I'm not there out. anymore. You know, I don't have to worry about Dana suspending me. Oh, no, no. That's not what I'm referring to. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. all good. So anyway. Chip's a good man, and yeah, uh, I'm proud to know him. Proud and I want you to come friend. back again. Okay. You know, come back, and we let, you know keep track of those guys. Uh, good luck with your show. Well, thank, thank you. you. And tell, well, tell everybody. We're when you finally one. retire, come on back and we'll really light it up. Oh, okay, we will. Sure. Yeah. We'll, we'll tear it up. <laughs> well, Dave, Dave's right. got it. He's doing that. Yeah. Okay. All righty. All right. So, well, anyway, uh, we want to thank everybody for listening. What's about our, our time's about up. Uh, we'll remind everybody you can go to our website. You can download this. It'll be up Wednesday by noon. 
Uh, actually, it'll probably be Wednesday by by 1 a.m. Uh, depends on Bob. Bob. Uh, depends what Bob's got going. But <laughs> it'll, 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 it'll be up. Uh, email us. Let us know what you thought of today's show. Yeah. Give us you your should. comments, good or bad. Uh, we can take the bad. Uh, letter bombs to Dave, cash to me. Uh, that's how that works. Uh, and uh, we'll go from there. Well, thanks a lot, guys. I appreciate Alrighty. it. Nice seeing you again. See you, everybody. Thanks Thank for you. listening. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Cop Talk USA with your hosts, Marillo and French.